Happy Fourth of, of July! July. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> we didn't even coordinate it. I'm so proud of us. Uh, good job. All right. Um, try try there. there. Welcome to Cream and Sugar. <laughs> also, Happy America Day! Woo! <laughs> Here we don't pay for anything, because in America, we're always free. (laughs) (laughs) And intro music. (laughs) In case it isn't obvious, for an episode that's coming out on 4th of July, we're talking about America. I have a cracker in my mouth. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) How rebellious of you. Revolutionary. (laughs) Who would have eaten crunchy foods during a podcast? Me, the rebel. (laughs) This tea is a very pretty color, by the way. It's like the perfect amber. It just smells like a bonfire. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid. I'm also afraid. (laughs) I don't even know if I can add sugar and make that better. We're going to see. Alrighty. Then we're talking about America. What are you going to be doing on July 4th this year, Julia? All right, so um, this July 4th, we are probably going to be either at the beach or at a baseball tournament, depending on what Mike's sister and kids would like to do. Nice. Yeah. I'm not sure what days uh, they actually play, um, but I know they're down for a tournament, so we're going to be hanging with his family. Cool. Yeah. That'll be fun. What are you doing for 4th of July? I'm going to, hopefully, ask my brother to round up all of his friends to help me move my stuff. Woo! Woo! So, uh, hopefully by then I'll be in the new condo. Nice! Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. We got less than a month. Yeah. Still got a lot of stuff to do, but we're going to make it happen. You're going to do great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, I have good news for the listeners. Okay. We got the tea to you correctly this time. This is true. Because we saw each other in person a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yay. It was wonderful. I was very proud of us. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I actually have a slightly different quick fire question of the day for you, if you're ready for it. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, so this is not at all related to coffee or tea yet. Uh, but what is your favorite story from American history? I got one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> I would like to thank my college history professor for teaching me like one of the few things I really thought was interesting because I don't like history very much. I find it very boring and then the wars run together and I get confused and I just, it's really not my subject. Mm. However, he brought in some science and I've got a great story for you. So there is a plant called Elix vomitoria. Okay. The scientific name for the American holly. Actually, no. The Yupon holly. Ah. So, actually, you're going to love this. Um, The Native Americans used to boil the leaves and make an extremely caffeinated tea out of it. Mm -hmm. And they would drink it before big decisions and war. The reason they would do this is they would sit in a circle and they would just keep drinking this highly caffeinated tea and it would like cause visions and eventually you would throw up good um and it was said that the last person to throw up 
was the strongest and the wisest because they were able to hold it down the longest. So they made the decision. <laughs> Perfect. So that is why it's called Elix Vomitorium. And that is what I wrote my final paper on. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. That is my favorite story from history. <laughs> and it's tea-related. It's tea-related. Perfect. I didn't even mean for that, but it was just coincidence. Oh. One of uh, one of my favorite stories is not tea-related. But most of the favorite most of my favorite things from American history have to do specifically with South Carolina being a stupid rebellious teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, such as when we had two representatives in Congress, and one of them was absent for I don't even know what reason. But while he was absent, some of the other representatives from other states started talking crap. Uh, so the second South Carolinian in Congress decided to beat the primary naysayer with his walking stick until the walking stick broke. And I think that guy almost died. And from then on, people fan-mailed sticks into this congressman. Like, one of them was made of gold. They were like, thank you. Thank you for beating up this person. Who was probably, like, saying something like, yeah, that congressman's a slave owner and he's not a good person. Because that's just about how the South Carolina history goes. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, nah, uh I'll beat you with a stick. <laughs> and uh, that's South Carolina. <laughs> Woo! Yep. Yep. Starters of the Civil War. Yeah, that's fantastic. Beaters with sticks. I want yeah. you to know when I first learned about the Civil War and they said South Carolina seceded, I imagined the state itself like breaking off and going into the ocean, not knowing Same. like tect tectonics yet. Uh huh. So <laughs> I just imagined little South Carolina said, Screw you, dad, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it popped its way across the ocean. Uh -huh. You know the Lego movie sound with the boat where it goes boop. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I picture. But yeah, there's also um in the Civil War at I I can't remember now if it was Fort Sumter or another fort, but they lined a fort with the trunks of palm trees because they were especially spongy, so it kind of bounced cannonballs off. That was here in Charleston. Yes. Yeah. Was it Fort Sumter? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, My tea is ready. It is ready here. Yes, okay. mine is also. Okay. okay, so um, we'll get into more of what it is later, but we have bohia tea, or bohi tea, depending on, I've seen dis different pronunciations of it, uh, and I'll explain why it's significant to American history later, but for now, do you want to try it? Yeah, I'm really okay. afraid. <laughs> I am too, it smells very smoky, and I don't know if I'm going to like it. All right, you ready to dink? Yep. Dink, dink. It doesn't taste as smoky. No. My breath tastes smoky. Oh. It's not bad, though. I feel like I licked Jamestown. I've never been to Jamestown, so. Oh. Well, Jamestown smells like this. This this reminds me of the tobacco smoke that they use um, mm. with all of their historical reenactments. Huh. I don't know how I feel. I don't know. Shall we try sweetening it? Yeah, let's try that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I tried something new. Oh, what did this you try? This is butter cookie. Ah! Because <laughs> I feel like it's going to be too cold to put in my powdered creamer, which is vanilla. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, we're trying butter cookie, and we're going to see how badly it tears up my tummy. 
Alrighty. I did about a, a little less than a tablespoon of sugar. So Okay. Alrighty. A dink again? Yeah. Dink. That's better. Well, it just tastes like butter cookie. Ah, mine mine still has that nice, like uh I guess hearty flavor on the end of it. Mm-hmm. I added way too much, but I'm gonna mm. drink it. I mean, butter cookie's good anyway. Butter cookie is tasty. I feel like I just bit into a stick. <laughs> the same one that was used to whack that guy? <laughs> yeah, that stick. Maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe. Well, okay. We'll get into it in a second. But Okay. In the meantime, let me set a scene for you. Okay. It is May 1773. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Okay. Let it happen. Okay. Let it happen. Okay. Okay. May 1773. <laughs> May 1773. You know how you said you don't like history? Let's yeah. talk about history. All right. <laughs> what if I make it kind of fun, though? Okay, I like fun history. Let's get passionate about it. Murdered by pirates is good. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All righty. May 1773. The Tea Act. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so one of the big things that they teach you about American history is like no taxation without representation, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what made people so angry, right? Right. You know what the T Act had nothing to do with? Taxation and representation? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh the Where T are you Act going with this. <laughs> the T Act is uh part of American history, obviously. But it's known as what really triggered the Boston Tea Party. Oh. Which you would think the Tea Act would put a tax on tea and we'd be upsetty spaghetti and we'd dump tea in the harbor. That's what you would think happened, right? Yeah. Nope. What? (laughs) The Tea Act actually just gave the East India Trading Company a monopoly on tea in the colonies. Okay. It uh, So they did have a good reason for it. A lot of it had to do with the debt and the economic impact of the French and Indian War. Mm-hmm. So because of that, the East India Trading Company had taken a big hit and they were trying to recuperate. They previously, prior to the Tea Act, could only sell their tea in London at auctions. Hmm. So just this one spot to support an entire company of tea. Right. Which is a little weird. Uh. So the Tea Act opened them up to come to the colonies and it encouraged them to go to the colonies by reducing the cost with the taxes and the fees for taking it overseas. And um, basically what they would do is they still applied to them until the tea got to the colonies and was sold in the colonies. And then they were they basically gave them a rebate sort mm-hmm. of thing for all those fees. So they were trying to help them get back on their feet financially and get back up there. Uh, in December of 1773, specifically December 16th, we got angry. We got angry. <laughs> we got angry. Uh-oh. It took us, what, seven months to get angry about the Tea Act, which is a little weird. I guess it just took time did to get into t- effect. Yeah, I was about to say, did it take time for people to start talking about it? Like, what was their communication like then? Um, Just newspapers, right? Everybody had cell phones. Ta- yeah. <laughs> this was the age of car phones. <laughs> <laughs> this is the age of rice makers in the center console of cars. Yes, yes, that's exactly what they were doing in the 1700s. Yep. We're angry. We're upsetty spaghetti. Okay. We're ready to throw hands. All right. Throw it down. Throw yeah. it overboard. Yeah. 
for those who don't know, um, the Boston Tea Party was an event in which some American colonists casually dressed themselves up as local Native American tribe members, which is super classy. What? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that part? No. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they put on like stereotypical, or at least in the paintings I've seen, it's stereotypical uh, Native American outfits, like feathers and, you know, very like appropriate, very politically outfit. correct stuff. Yeah. Oh, no. Perfect. Uh, they dressed up like that specifically so that if they got caught or somebody saw them, they could just shift the blame somewhere else. Cool. Uh, <laughs> wow, America at its finest. <laughs> wasn't even america yet um (laughs) i learned it from watching you europe (laughs) so they put on these disguises and they sneak out in the middle of the night onto some ships that are in the boston harbor and because of the tea act and tensions from other events throughout the past few decades they dumped 342 crates of tea into the boston harbor how much tea is that it's a lot I don't know specifically how much tea you can make from that. Okay. But it's a lot. Here, let's see. So how much tea do you ask? Let's, let's, let me just read you a quote from boston1775.blogspot.com. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms that the tea drinker can understand, there are typically 100 tea bags in a half pound box sold in the supermarket today. So that comes to about 18 million cups of tea. Uh, there were about 16,000 inhabitants living in Boston, three cups a day for every man, woman, and child, and infant in town. <laughs> uh, let's see. According to this, approximately almost 100,000 pounds of tea. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's so much tea. That's going to be my final answer. Almost 100,000 pounds of tea. Boston knows how to spill the tea. You're darn right. <laughs> Wait, is that why it's always drama when you spill the tea? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, spilling tea in general could just be dramatic. Yeah, but you cry over milk, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you put the milk in the tea and you're dramatic and crying. <laughs> so to answer your question, about 100,000 pounds of tea, according to that one blog. That's a lot of tea. Yep. And uh, because of the Tea Act and the Monopoly, all of the tea belonged to the East India Company. (laughs) Which, by the way, I keep wanting to call the East India Trading Company because of parts of the Caribbean, but that's not their name. It's not? It's just East India Company. Oh. (laughs) I may have said trading earlier. I don't know. I'm just, every time we mention it, though, I'm picturing Lord Beckett. Yeah. Just to be clear. Uh, Do you want to take a (laughs) guess? Do you want to take a guess on where most of the tea came from? Like, what country? Yeah, I'm going to say, well, based on our other tea episodes, mm-hmm. I'm going to say India. It is not. Oh, okay. It came from China. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I just think it's funny. East India Company. And it's called Sourcing everything from China. We already bought a lot of China products. <laughs> Woo, America. <laughs> <laughs> I was about um, to ask a dumb question, which was, are, were they called China then? But China's older than almost everything. <laughs> so, yeah, they were called China. Yes, yes they were. Oops. <laughs> you could ask that of Germany. Germany's relatively young-ish. Because hmm. they were just states for a while. 
Really? Like, I think like three or four different groups that eventually came together and made Germany. Oh, but anyway, uh, they're much younger than France and England, I think. Okay. I also learned a very fun fact. Did you know there was a second Boston Tea Party? No. Mm-hmm. I thought it, it was the Boston Tea Party. Not so one of the Boston Tea Parties. It was uh, about four months later in March of 1774 when 60 soon-to-be Americans dumped another 30 chests of tea into the same harbor. Why? So it was much smaller, but, you know, they I guess they just liked it so much. Like cow tipping. <laughs> tea dumping. It was also... Uh, I, I believe the second one was inspired, obviously, by the first, but also by other tea dumpings in Maryland, New York, and South Carolina. Of course, South Carolina. <laughs> of course, South Carolina. I had no idea that so much tea was spilled. That's just how we be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah apparently, that's we just know where to hit them. Hit them hard. <laughs> Runs out of Runs bushes, out of dumps tea everywhere. tipping cream. <laughs> When we talk about the Boston Tea Party, do you know what we don't talk enough about? The tea. I mean, that's a good point. <laughs> I have never had any history teacher tell me what kind of tea it was. <laughs> You're like, um, Mr. History Person, what kind of tea was it? I don't know. Flip to the next page. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. It was a lot, and yeah. that's all I got. So, uh, there were, according to several different resources but my main one was the boston tea party ship.com mm-hmm. there were about five major types of tea that were dumped into the boston tea harbor okay it's now the boston tea harbor because we put so much tea in there <laughs> it's not a water harbor it's a tea harbor yep have you seen the meme it's an old meme of uh robin williams I don't know what movie it's from, but he was dressed in, like, colonial garb with a powder wig, and he's just latched onto the steering wheel of a car, and he looks so angry, like, road ragey. And it was a Tumblr post, and somebody said, it was, like, something like, an electric kettle isn't a staple in the American household. How do you make your tea? And somebody said, by dumping it into the harbor. (laughs) And it was that picture of Robin Williams. (laughs) So the meme says, Wait, is it actually genuinely a thing that Americans don't have kettles? But then how do they make tea? By throwing it into the harbor. And it's not... He's... He's angry. I was about to say, is it this guy? (laughs) Yeah, it's that one. (laughs) So the tea that was was dumped into the Boston Tea Harbor. Um, I'm going to go from least to most. Because the one we're drinking is the most. Okay. But I want to start at the least. So that I can talk the most about the most. Okay. Yes. And I'm going to apologize in advance. I am almost definitely going to say some of these wrong. Okay. Because the names of the tea are related to, like, the Chinese names. And I've only ever read these. Nobody has spoken them to me. (laughs) And I did my best Google pronunciations, but even that isn't always correct. So let's see how it goes. I believe in you. uh, Making up about 3% of the tea dumped is Lapsang Souchong. Okay. Which is smoky. Mm-hmm. And is actually made by a very manual drying process. It is a black tea um, that was made specifically by certain families in China for a very long time. They still make them, but they're a little bit more open about the process now. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, what they do is the tea is plucked and then they smoke it over either pine or cypress wood fires. Mm-hmm. 
And then once they smoke it enough, they then put it in wooden barrels. Okay. And they store it there for a while until they're ready to move on to the next part of the process. But in the meantime, it's just absorbing all of this woody kind of taste. And then after it's done in the barrels, they put it in bamboo trays and they smoke it and dry it again over another pine fire. And then it's ready to go out to customers. Hmm. Yep. So it's very, very woody. The next one is pronounced Konguo. Konguao. It's spelled C-O-N-G-O-U. Okay. And it made up about 5% of the tea dumped into the Boston Tea Harbor. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it till it sticks. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was another black tea. And it's basically, it was considered one step up from what we're drinking as far as, like, quality. Mm-hmm. So... And this will make more sense, too, once I get into what Bohia is. That we're building up to what Bohia is. Okay. But Konguao. Kong, yeah, that sounds right. Konguao. I Kongu don't know I don't speak Chinese. Tim can't help with this one no, either. No, he cannot. <laughs> <laughs> Konguao uh, is actually whole tea leaves. Okay. So usually when you buy tea at, like, Walmart, you get it in the tea bags, you'll notice it's a bunch of little bits. Konguao is specifically the entire leaf, and it's preserved that way because it unfurls and gives a better flavor. Oh, that's how the milk oolong is. Yeah, yeah, like that. Oh, that's so tasty. Um, it also takes more care, obviously, to keep those tea leaves together. So that's kind of also what drives up the price and the quality of Konguao. Mm-hmm. Also making up 5% is Heisen tea, which is a green tea. If you'll take a look at our notes, I wrote Greer. <laughs> i'll put a link to that video for those who don't know well i'm gonna make a note to put a link to the video for those who don't know <laughs> oh man we have to reenact that coffee green tea coffee grinder career career <laughs> oh, and then there's the part that goes, ha, ha! <laughs> <laughs> Go watch the video. You'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, so Heisen tea is a green tea. It is specifically picked in the spring. And the name comes from the Chinese word for before the rains tea, which is spelled much differently and pronounced Yuxian, which if you just keep butchering it in European, you get to Heisen. Just keep keep going down. Greer. <laughs> so Heisen comes from the Chinese word that means before the rains tea. Mm-hmm. Specifically because it's picked in the spring prior to rain. Like monsoon season? I don't know for sure. I think it means literally like if a rainstorm's coming. Hmm. Because there's another one that's called after the rain. Oh. Um... So the the Chinese word I wrote down the pronunciation Yuxian, mm-hmm. which may or may not be correct, and I apologize again. But it got from Yuxian to Heisen because some Dumbo was like, "Hey, that sounds like Philip Heisen's name." Really, Philip Heisen was a wealthy director at the East India Company. Oh, so they went, yeah, green tea that we're gonna get from China, and let's just name it after Philip Heisen because it sounds similar enough, I guess. America <laughs> and yeah, England. Um, 
But sometimes that term is also used to refer to just generally lower quality green tea. Mm -hmm. Because it's basically the tea that's left after the whole leaves are sifted out. Oh. Yep. Fair. Um, Just give them to the colonies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 17% of the tea dumped into the Boston Tea Harbor was Singlo Tea, which is another green tea. Greer. (laughs) But it's picked much later in the season. It's also specifically pan fried and then dried. Which gives it kind of a buttery flavor, the which is interesting. Tea? The tea is fried. Yep. Well, the tea leaves. Hmm. You got to give them from leaf to dry somehow. All right. All right. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, we're out of time. We need to do this now. <laughs> so they threw it in a pan and hope for the best. Yes. Um, but what we are here drinking now, the Bohia tea. Mm-hmm. was actually about 70% of what was dumped. Jeez. Hence why we're drinking it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised they had it. <laughs> I actually, so I called Spice, oh yeah, by the way, I got the tea from Spice and Tea Exchange. No surprise there. <laughs> 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 They're my go-to now. I actually called and the owner of that uh, franchise, I, <laughs> what I said was, hi, I'm looking for Boston Tea Party Tea. And he was like, I don't know if I have that or not for sure. So let me go figure that out. And then uh, he wasn't actually at the store. He just answered me from, I don't know where he was, but I went down there and on the label for the tea, it says, uh, this is a tea that was popular in the colonies. Think Boston tea party. So I was like, I will think Boston tea party and bought two packs of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Bohia is a common black tea. So common that the word bohia came to be used to refer to tea in general in the colonies. Huh. Bohia tea is actually also scraps. Oh. Hence why I said it's like, it's kind of tea leaves, but it's also not really tea leaves. Mm-hmm. Which if you notice, if you look through the pack, it actually has a lot of little bits in it. Mm-hmm. Because bohia tea is a combination of other black teas, namely orange pico, P-E-K-O-A. I think it's pico. Which gives it kind of an orangey taste, which our tea has. I don't know if you tasted it specifically, but it's in there. No, I didn't, but I'm going to take your word for it. I can taste it in mine. Uh, so ours also has cinnamon in it. Which I also not... wasn't looking for it, so. Ah. I would have to have another cup, and that would make I would need to pour some more. <laughs> it's a whole process. I only made one cup. <laughs> ah. But it, um, so it has the orange pico in it. Mm-hmm. And it also has some of the Lapsang Souchong that I just talked about earlier. Oh. That was the least amount that was on the ship. The one that's smoky? Yep. Oh, I was wondering why it was smoky. Uh-huh. So that's why. Because it's the one that is uh, smoked over wood and then put in a wooden barrel and then smoked over more wood in bamboo. Hmm. Wait, I thought it was pine. In bamboo. Oh, Okay. Yeah, they they smoke it over um, pine or was the other one cedar? I think what I was confusing as tobacco is more pine. Potentially. That is why I said I felt like I bit into a stick. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so it's it's basically you take the Lapsang Souchong that's smoked over wood and then put in a wooden barrel, then put in bamboo and smoked over more wood. Hmm. And 
that's more whole leaf. So they would take whatever leaves are still together. That would become the Lapsang Suchong that's slightly higher quality and more expensive. And then they make, mix all the scraps of that with the scraps of the orange Peco and make Bohia. Hmm. What's funny is Bohia was actually considered basically garbage tea in England <laughs> because it was just the scraps mixed together and they're like, eh, eh, whatever, use it here. And the colonies loved it. That sounds about right. We were like, yes, give us your trash. It's delicious. And then we did that to our colonies. We said, here, take this potted meat. We don't want it. And then now Hawaii loves spam. Exactly. It's just the flow. It's a vicious <laughs> cycle. imperialism goes. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, but Bohia is specifically described as smoky, orange, and warm flavored. Hmm. A description that came from OliverPluff.com, which is a Charleston-based tea company. Where? Charleston. I haven't found it. Oh, I didn't look for, I looked for coffee companies around here, but I haven't looked for tea companies. We, you and I need to do a trip to the Charleston tea, tea uh, plantation. Yes. That is right yes, down please. here on Edisto, I think. Neat. Yes, we will do that. Next time I'm down there. Okay. We'll make a trip. Okay. Yeah. We'll do a vlog. <laughs> yes. Vlog time. Oh, we'll get those microphones that we could just clip on and then we'll actually be able to like record quality audio. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Write that Let's down. Do that. <laughs> um, I did put in my notes about the recipe we're using. I actually, so I just bought Bohia tea for each of us at the Spice and Tea Exchange in North Myrtle Beach at Barefoot Landing. Highly recommend you stop by. The staff's always great and they have a lot of options. They also have spices in addition to tea. Hashtag thanks spice and tea exchange. Hashtag I might have a problem. <laughs> Specifically, I put it in my notes. <laughs> Hashtag I may have a problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's very smoky. When I first smelled it, I was concerned because it I just smelled the smoke and I, I don't love smoky flavor like that. Me too. But I, I, I like it now. I'm definitely going to finish out that pack. It's pretty good. Something about the smoky flavor makes me feel like I fit. I would fit in in the colonies slash on Pirates of the Caribbean. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a little more nostalgic to you. <laughs> yeah, I let Mike try it, and he seemed to like it. Good. Did he try it with or without the sweetener? Without. Okay. So I'm hoping he'll help me knock it out because it's yeah. not my favorite. Yeah. But I I like it, but I don't love it. Makes me feel like a man. <laughs> I feel like a man. <laughs> I'm gonna. What, what's what's the rest of that audio? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I think I've only heard that first part. I'm a man. I'm gonna go to battle. <laughs> oh, oh, like a manly thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Masculinity right now. Feel the testosterone. I want to go to war. I want a lightsaber. I'm a man. War. <laughs> Perfect. That the video that we just listened to was a woman screwing the handle back onto her pot because it came loose. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's all it takes. Um, but anyway, I I do really like this tea. I'm gonna drink it more often. Nice. Yep. So, uh, I, that was actually it was kind of short. And when I was making the notes on the Boston Tea Party, I knew it was gonna be kind of short. Mm -hmm. So, I had to add the classic American staple: sweet iced tea. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to start just... by saying that I don't like sweet tea. A person oh. who has always lived in the South. Wow. However, That's okay. my northern boyfriend 
does like sweet tea. <laughs> I didn't like it until I was probably about 16 or 17. And then I was slow to like it. I don't like how sweet it is. <laughs> I didn't like the taste of tea. I still don't like the taste of that kind of tea. The Lipton? The classic black tea? See, here's the thing. I used to, I drink it now. Wait. No, I used to drink it in college when I wasn't feeling well. So I'd do that with like honey and lemon. Mm. So it's just, it's not my favorite. And now that you've introduced me to Shamamale, I'm obsessed <laughs> with that. That is my go-to tea now. Yeah. Shamamale is the best tea, probably. I agree. It's up there. So you're going to teach me about sweet tea? Yes. Did we dump that into the harbor too? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a deliberate a deliberate reference. That just happened that way because I was checking my notes. Uh, no, we did not. We didn't have sweet tea, sweet iced tea as we knew it. Okay. At that point. Really? Um, yes. I went through the history of sweet tea last night. Okay. <laughs> um sweet <laughs> yeah uh one of the most exciting facts i found the first tea plant showed up in the united states in 1795 in charleston south carolina Charleston. <laughs> <laughs> we're going hard i wonder if it was on that plantation i would think so i'm sure i, I believe it it might be we'll let you know when we take our little microphones out there and figure yeah. it out yeah yeah um but do you want to take a guess? It's in the notes, so don't peek. But do you want to take a guess at when the earliest iced tea on record is in both England and America? Iced tea? Iced tea. And it's around the same time, so. This is it. Oh, okay. Well, that brings it back because I was going to guess much earlier if you just said England because England has been around forever. Mm -hmm. England and the United States. Okay, so it has to be after yes. 1776. Yes. Okay, I'm going to guess 1880s. Uh, almost. Okay. 1800s. <sighs> Just early 1800s. Oh, okay. Yeah, almost immediately. Because I feel like it's not 1900s worthy because a lot was happening in the 1900s, mm -hmm. but it should be older than that. Yeah. We basically, our priorities were dump the tea in the harbor, become our own country. Mm-hmm. Establish government. Mm -hmm. Start drinking iced tea. <laughs> Those are the American Girl, we priorities. We be the cooler version of our parent. Yeah, yeah. We're I like drink iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so those early versions of iced tea actually used green tea, as opposed to the current black tea as the typical go-to of what you would think of when you order iced tea or sweet tea in a restaurant. Ew. I love the face you're making. Yeah. You literally. <laughs> It's an episode that's not coming out for two weeks for the listeners, but you just drank green tea earlier. I know, but like, it didn't taste like green tea until the end. <laughs> Maybe you just had bad green tea. I'm okay with that. <laughs> bad green tea was good green tea for me. Oh no, I meant the type that you don't like is bad green tea. It was Lipton. The Lipton green tea. Yeah. I didn't like that. I'll well. try it again. I'm going to get you over to the green tea side one day. The key lime pie one that you gave me is delicious. Yeah. I like that one. That one's a green tea. Mm -hmm. I might make some later. Uh, anywho. Any hoodles. <laughs> In a lot of recipe books from the early 1800s and basically throughout the 1800s, actually didn't refer to it as iced tea so much as they referred to it as punch. Punch? 
punch. Well, punch has evolved. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a lot. It was basically a drink you would make when you were hosting a party. Oh. It wasn't something that was available like out in the public so much as it was something you made in your home, like a homemade something. It wasn't a commercial product. Yet. Okay. It actually started to gain popularity, believe it or not, as refrigerators became more available. What a surprise. I mean, I guess iced tea should be cold. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait. How readily available was ice? Uh, moderately, from my understanding, without doing research, ice was available, but it would only last so long. Mm-hmm. But once you get a refrigerator and get an ice box, you could keep it longer and longer because you had somewhere cold to keep it. Mm-hmm. So it made it a lot easier to get ice or to get water and freeze it. And then you would have it available when you're ready to host. Right. Okay. Yep. So you could get ice. It was just less accessible before you had refrigerators right okay it'd be like if you were ordering uh, a bunch of crawfish and fedex had to deliver it and you had to wait for it <laughs> i don't think that's anything like that <laughs> that amount of frustration just to get ice <sighs> okay <laughs> bye um, <laughs> i uh, i specifically wrote the thought that i think all americans were having at this point and it was oh yeah milk not going bad is cool and all but i want cold tea <laughs> and then england cringes and they're like why and they're like okay fine i'll do it too i guess because they were doing it yeah well we're just gonna claim it as ours because sure. we're cooler um <laughs> The website I was using, which is What's Cooking America, went through basically the evolution of iced tea and <laughs> global warming. <laughs> <laughs> what? Global warming is cooking America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so confused. I was like, Icebox global warming? What? <laughs> Sorry. What's cooking America? Thank you. Global Thank warming. you for that. That's a card against humanity card right there. <laughs> Nickels and dimes start raining from the sky. Climate change. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to put that meme in there too. Hold on. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyway, the recipes from What's Cooking America. <laughs> uh, they have one from 1839 that said. Basically, you take a pint and a half of strong tea and pour it over a loaf and a quarter of sugar, which in today's measurements comes out to about two and a half cups. They measured it in loaves? Yeah. It's just easier to ship ship that way. Huh. And then you get off with whatever you need. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I guess that would also make it easier to cube. That makes sure. more sense. And then you could feed your horses. And your tea. And your horse, your horse tea. <laughs> Unless, of course, the horse, of course, is the famous Mr. Ed. Who was allergic to sugar, question mark. <laughs> um, it didn't, so iced tea and sweet tea didn't switch over to using primarily black tea until the 1880s. Hey, I guess Which was that. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of, yeah. As we know it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it started showing up on the commercial scene around the turn of the century and specifically about the summer of 1904. Okay. Which was particularly hot 
and there was a World's Fair showcase thingy mm -hmm. that year, and they served iced tea. And then people were like, I'm going to make this all the time and sell it to people all the time. So it just was available as a drink at restaurants then. Perfect. Yep. <laughs> uh, it also gained popularity in the late 19-teens because it was a delicious alternative to alcohol during Prohibition. Oh. Mm -hmm. hmm. So, I mean, that's what I do if I don't want to drink alcohol. I just drink tea. Well... Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, it also, around that time, from the, the 1880s until about World War II, it was still kind of a mixture of black tea and green tea, primarily green tea, but uh, black tea was gaining popularity. Mm -hmm. But in World War II, America lost a lot of access to the green tea shipment. So black tea went from being about half to being almost, I think it's 90% of all iced tea it made a jump <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> we were like we won't miss out on the tea we'll just do different tea and fun fact it became south carolina's official hospitality beverage in 1995 Aww. Mm -hmm. hospitality sweet hospitality. tea ha! so while i was researching sweet tea i learned about a thing i had never heard of before okay called sun tea what is sun tea <laughs> so sun tea uh specifically refers to a way of making sweet tea that believe it or not involves the sun really yeah wow. isn't that so surprising that's that's a, i would have never guessed mind blown <laughs> um so part of the reason i learned why you steep tea in hot water is because it releases the flavor faster in hot water Okay, so you could steep it in, like, tempid or room temperature or, like, cold? Yeah, you could cold brew tea. Well, cold brew... Which I assume... Cold brew is that room temperature, believe it or not. <laughs> yes, that I did know. Um, but I assume it's the same principle, then, between coffee and tea, that you can cold brew it, but it takes a lot longer because it's not hot. Oh, that makes sense. It's the same thing with coffee, that you have to wait, like, hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. Neat. Um, so sun tea is essentially uh, here's the recipe from Pioneer Woman, which will give you an idea of what it is. You get a dispenser, okay. like the big glass ones that are super cute for picnics with the little you spout. You did this, and I knew exactly what you were holding. I held up my hands approximately eight inches apart, like I was holding a ball. And yeah, for for people that can't see. And I knew she was holding that cute little jug with the little flip top that you just yeah. push and it goes <laughs> out the bottom of it. Yeah, that thing. So you get one of those. And um, Pioneer Woman recommends 10 to 12 tea bags of your choosing. You could okay. do black tea. You could do green tea. You could do hibiscus tea. You could, you could do any kind of tea. Shamamale. <laughs> you could do shamamale. It'd be an interesting choice, but you could do it. Okay. Um, And you throw that in, in your dispenser. Mm-hmm. And then you add room temperature water and you leave it in the sun for two to three hours. Okay. And basically what that does is uh, the sun will add enough heat to the water that it still kind of steeps, but it's not regular steeping, if that makes sense. So this is a summertime drink. Yes, it is a summertime drink. Okay. 
they actually suggested on especially hot days you could even steep it in just an hour Ooh, yep i'm gonna have to do that on my porch well hold on a second oh um and then they finish out the recipe with and then you just sweeten it which they use honey because it mixes in better instead of just watching all the sugar settle at the bottom Mm -hmm. and then you can flavor it with anything you want like fruit lemons pears if you wanted to and then you just serve it you just plop it out and and theirs was like it was a nice glass dispenser with like a honey colored tea and then you had the honey mixed in and then they had a bunch of uh, lemon slices floating on the top it was very very pretty very summery um but then i got to oh hold on terrific oh yeah terrific tea.com who said maybe sun tea isn't a super great idea why because placing the water in the sun and uh they didn't have the pioneer woman recipe specifically some people will sweeten the tea before it steeps Mm -hmm. but if you do that and then place it in the sun it can encourage bacteria to grow ew in your jar uh and they did they did specify there are no proven deaths or anything quite so major from drinking sun tea but it's still something to consider before trying i will consider it so moral of the story is we could probably make sun tea we just won't put the sweetener in it until we're ready to drink the tea and then it should be fine okay because it's just water and tea huh. so yeah so we could do that for like a big tea party but it's like picnic tea party Mm-hmm. we could do it on my porch um so yeah so we'll have to try sun tea sometime Okay. And see how it goes. I'm I'm intrigued. It'll either be good or average. We'll all have a horrible time together. (laughs) (laughs) Bonding. We'll we'll try it and if we don't like it, we'll just make coffee. I'm okay with that. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it'll be delicious. (laughs) So so yeah, so that's what I have for uh, the history of American teas. Huh. That was really our primary teas throwing it into the harbor and making it cold and very very sweet <laughs> perfect it's <laughs> how we roll here it's how what we, we do. do but yeah i uh in the in the spirit of 4th of july i found an interesting quiz for you okay i'm going to have you plan a dream 4th of july cookout and then buzzfeed will tell you what type of firework you are oh that's so <laughs> Yeah, nothing to do with coffee or tea. But you know what? It's a holiday, so we do what we want. That's true. Let's celebrate. Yeah. I don't even like fireworks. (laughs) (laughs) But they're pretty, though. Okay, so let's start with, where will you be having your feast? Will it be in the backyard, on a lake, on the beach, or in the mountains? This is where we're, like, cooking the food? Yep. Um, Backyard. Okay. I would have said beach, but I don't want to cook my food at the beach. Yeah, that's fair. I'd rather arrive to the beach with my food. Mm -hmm. Well, even then, you're still going to be eating sand. Well, that's what we normally do. Not eat sand, but eat food at the beach. (laughs) You have, I have witnessed you picking up a handful of sand and putting it in your mouth before. I I lost a bet. (laughs) I have video proof of it. Is that going on the Instagram and the TikTok? Maybe. We'll talk about it later if you want it to be there or not. <laughs> um, so, who will you be celebrating with? Friends? Family? Your significant other? Or everyone you know? Everyone I know, because I wanted to celebrate with all three of those. 
um, pick something to snack on while the food's being grilled. Mm. Because you know that happens at every barbecue. I love snacks. Your options are watermelon slices, chips with fresh guacamole, summer veggies, which is like grilled squash and zucchini and onion and mushroom and carrots and peppers. I thought you were going to say marshmallow. <laughs> potatoes and marshmallow, my classic veggie. Mm. Or the red, white, and blue rocket popsicles. I'm torn between the guacamole and the watermelon slices. Can I not have both? Nope. <laughs> this is the type of barbecue where you only get to eat one thing at a time. All right. I'm going to say the chips and guacamole because okay. you can't eat it afterwards, but you can eat the watermelon afterwards. True. And then pick your meat. Burgers, hot dogs, chicken, or no meat for me. Hot dogs. I okay. am very picky about my burgers. Pick a side. You can have potato salad, corn on the cob, cornbread, or mac and cheese. Mm. Potato salad. Specifically okay. my grandmother's potato salad, but I know that's not specific, but it's my grandmother's potato salad. But this is your dream, and so that's what you would have. I want Moni's potato salad. Mm-hmm. And then grab a cold drink. Would you like lemonade, iced tea, beer, or mint julep? <laughs> something you don't like, something you don't love, beer. Something that hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> and something you don't like. Beer it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> beer, weenies, guac. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, pick a dessert. Would you like strawberry shortcake, Ooh. apple pie, No, another favorite of yours, <laughs> ice cream sandwich, or banana pudding? Banana pudding, but it has to be Miss Christie's banana pudding. <laughs> <laughs> or the banana pudding ice cream. Oh, that'd be so good. I'm specifically requesting that Miss Christie makes the banana pudding when she comes up. Oh, I want it to be known that I do have a specific firework that I have as, as a favorite. Oh, so yeah? We'll see if it's mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you are brilliant, colorful, and sometimes loud, according to BuzzFeed. <laughs> well, it's not my favorite then. <laughs> <laughs> you are the life of the party, and you know how to make a grand entrance. You are the bouquet pattern of fireworks. <laughs> I don't feel like that's right. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's the beer. It's a pfft, yeah. Beer I mean, sometimes up. I can have that kind of personality, but it depends on if I'm walking into your door or if I'm walking mm -hmm. into someone I'm I've never really met. Yeah, because like fair. if I'm walking into your door, I'd be like, I'm here. I'm like, welcome. <laughs> but if they're like the first time, I'm like, hi, how are you? <laughs> hey. But what's your favorite kind of firework? My favorite, and it's also my mom's favorite, is the one that looks like willows. <gasps> Same. It um, it also looks like the rain. It looks like I don't know if it's called rain or willow, but that one is my favorite. It just cascades. That one's my favorite. Mm -hmm. I really like either that one or the one that does a double explosion where like it explodes and then every little head like a hydra just explodes again. Oh yeah, it's like. But I don't see those very often. Yeah, and they go everywhere. I like that one too. I'm a since we have time, I might do the quiz real quick too, just to see what kind of firework I am. Oh, okay. Let's see. 
uh, I'm going to join you in the backyard because I don't want sand <laughs> or water all up in my You're food. You're part of the friends that I invited. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Depending on the way you look at it, you are my friend, family, and significant other. Yeah. My wife. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> uh, I'm also going to celebrate with everyone I know. Perfect. Uh, I personally like to snack on those veggies. Because they're just very good and buttery, but not too filling, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I like chicken. Chicken? <laughs> chicken. Well, burgers upset my tummy. Mm-hmm. Specific- I can only eat McDonald's burgers without ever getting an upset stomach. That's so interesting. It's because they're not really burgers, but <gasps> I'm sure they are. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Ew. Um, and, and hot dogs I don't love. So chicken it is. I'm torn between, for my side, corn on the cob and mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Although I would like to point out, looking at the image of pick a side, because it has pictures for everything, every single side is yellow. The potatoes are yellow. The corn on the cob is yellow. The cornbread is yellow. And the mac and cheese is yellow. I'm opening this just so I can follow you. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of yellow do you want with your food? <laughs> I'm going to go corn on the cob, though. Because I just like corn on the cob. Specifically for barbecues. Okay. And then my drink is uh, going to be a beer because I always drink beers when we're out at a cookout. Uh, a beer. And then a dessert. Mm, what do I want for dessert? I probably want apple pie for dessert because I really like apple pie. It's very American. It's an American staple. Yeah. I really don't like it. <laughs> Aww. See, I, ooh, I don't know if this description fit. It probably fits you more than it fits me. Hold up. That banana pudding looks fantastic. Oh, yeah. We might have to swap fireworks. Oh, yeah. So, you are more comfortable in a small, intimate gathering than you are at a crowded party or event. You are delightful and bright, and you bring so much joy to everyone around you. It's a sparkler. Oh, I like that. Oh, mine is kind of pretty, though. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to say we swap. We actually did sparklers last year for 4th of July. Mm-hmm. That was my banner for a little bit. That was the last group photo that I got of us. Yeah. And I made everyone stand still so that I could get a group photo. Um, I sat still, thank you. You're right. You're right. I was very drunk and sitting on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> and one of our poor friends had just gotten home from work. <laughs> he was tired. And we said, stand here and take a picture. Mm-hmm. Hold this fire. <laughs> Please hold. <laughs> We're taking a picture. Please hold. <laughs> but yeah. So, happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Woo, America. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Toulouse. Wow, that was creepy. That was so perfect. <laughs> you just shut your bathroom door, by the way. Oh, Toulouse. It was creepy because he meowed and you started laughing and then I look over and your door just goes close on oh, its yeah. own. He's um, trapping himself. <laughs> that was terrifying. <laughs> Tell him not to do that again. But for our listeners, where are we going next? We're going to Starbucks. Whoop, whoop. We are very excited to get to introduce our guest star who we were... Who were... <laughs> <laughs> That's how excited we are. <laughs> Very excited to introduce our guest star who we will be interviewing, 
who has mm-hmm. previous experience at Starbucks. So mm-hmm. get ready. Yeah. And uh, lots of lots of fun stories. Oh, yes. <laughs> lots and lots of fun stories. And a little something different for the recipe. Yeah. So that was fun. We got a special surprise in store for y'all. Yes. I feel like a time traveler. <laughs> you're the time traveler's wife. Yeah, you're the time traveler's wife. <laughs> My time traveling wife. <laughs> time traveling wife. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. Anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. We hope you all have a fun and safe Fourth of July. Yeah, uh, y'all have fun. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. be safe don't light fireworks so close don't hold a firework and light it please unless it's a roman candle are those put your face in front of fireworks i don't know i don't know why i thought they were be careful when lighting fireworks Mm -hmm. be careful when playing with fire Mm -hmm. fire burns and bombs (laughs) that's what a firework is it's a pretty bomb Mm, good point Mm. Anyway, all of our sources are in the episode notes. <laughs> <laughs> that includes research sources, the quiz. Um, I'll put in the link to Spice and Tea Exchange for the Bohia tea. Nice. That's a good idea. So if anybody wants to order some for themselves, it's I. the more I think about it, the more I'm liking it. So, mm-hmm. It's growing on me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, where can they find us, Julia? They can find us on lots and lots of different social medias. Um, they can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at WeBrewGood. You can listen to us at WeBrewGood.podbean.com. That's WeBrewGood.podbean.com. Or on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Mm-hmm. You can also send us over a note or some feedback or what kind of firework you are or just pop in and say hi uh, by sending us an email to webrewgood at gmail.com. By the time this episode is airing, I will either be moving or starting to move or be absolutely exhausted from moving and drinking beer. All right. Happy 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. Happy 4th of July. I will probably sunburnt and uh, cheering at a baseball game. Woohoo! Woo! America. America. Baseball. Lie. <laughs> All righty. Well, everybody have fun. Have a good holiday and uh, stay, stay beautiful. beautiful. Yay! Yay! <laughs>